praise God for the graces that we are afforded here. But the kingdom of America is not the kingdom of God. Citizens of heaven know where their true loyalty lies. Verse 19, then I desire to know the truth about the fourth beast. So Daniel still, well, I, I want to know more. I mean, he's curious, right? Notice how both of the visions spent the bulk of the time talking about the fourth. The bulk of Nebuchadnezzar's vision was about the legs of clay and iron. And by far, the bulk of Daniel's vision is about the fourth beast. So Daniel still wants to know about the, the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, which devoured and broke into pieces and stamped that which was left with its feet, and about the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn that came up before, which were before which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things and seemed greater than its companions. And I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came. So that's a parallel for us of Revelation chapter 13, where we're told that all authority was, or the authority was given over for the beast to reign and to defeat. The Ancient of Days came and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which, should be, which shall be different from all the kingdoms. And it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones. He shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High. Remember the pompous words of the Antichrist? He shall speak words against the Most High. Now, where is Daniel right now? Daniel... When he receives this vision, there's about 10 more years left in Belshazzar's reign. At the end of Belshazzar's reign, what else also ends? The exile. So the exile is over. At the point of this vision, the exile is almost ready to be over. And in just a few short years, it will be. What might Daniel have been thinking? We made it. We made it through that terrible thing. It wasn't fun, but we've made it. Now, things will be better. And what's the vision saying to him? No, they won't. In fact, what the vision is saying to him is this. The kingdom of evil will wage war against the kingdom of righteousness until the Son of Man returns. That's the way it's going to be. There's not going to be this time of easiness and relaxation this is war until the Ancient of Days sends the Son of Man to retrieve His people. So Daniel's thoughts perhaps were, glad we made it through that. Now we can look forward to some easier times and the vision is here to correct that. He shall speak words against the Most High. He shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Remember last week we talked about the theme of harassing the kingdom of evil, evil harassing the kingdom of good. Now that term wear out, that's a strong term. And it just speaks of just this constant warfare, this never-ending warfare, this never-ending violence that the kingdom of evil has always portrayed against the kingdom of righteousness and always will. 
He shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times and the law. Now we've been told earlier in chapter 2, remember when Daniel was praying that prayer of thanks for God revealing Nebuchadnezzar's dream to him? And you remember how Daniel prayed to God, you are the one who changes seasons. Now we're told that the kingdom of evil, the little horn is going to say, I'm the one that's going to change seasons. I'm the one that's going to change times. In fact, all the horns want to do that. All of the horns try to change the seasons and try to change the signs, or change the times. What that means is the kingdom of evil opposes the kingdom of God on every front they possibly can. Everything that God establishes, the kingdom of evil wants to beat it down even down to the most basic thing of establishing the seasons and the times. The kingdom of evil says, we oppose even that. Anybody remember anything from history about the French Revolution? The French Revolution, don't get confused, it was nothing like the American Revolution. The French Revolution was pagan to its core, it was secular to its core, and it was all about ridding the French society of all aspects of Christianity. And so there was the killing of priests. There was the pillaging of the cathedrals and the church's property. But also, you know what else they did? They changed the week to a 10-day week. So for a period of a couple of years there, France, France had a 10-day week. Why? Because God established a 7-day week. I read not too long ago that the North Korea with the, the birth of the first Kim Jong-un, whatever the name is there, with, they started their years over. They're now in year something like 112. Now, that's not to say that, oh, North Korea is the Antichrist or, or the French Revolution was the Battle of Armageddon. That is to say, the kingdom of evil has always said, we will oppose the kingdom of God every way we can. This is the transgender revolution. You know this. We've, we've talked about this in Daniel's book multiple times. This is the transgender revolution where the kingdom of evil says we will oppose God every way that we can, even in declaring what gender someone is, even declaring what day of the week it is, even declaring what year it is, we will oppose the kingdom of God every way that we can. And they shall be given into His hand for a time times and half a time. So there you get your three and a half time, times and half a times. A lot of people will see that as a three and a half year period. Not necessarily, it could, it, not to be dogmatic about it, but a lot, of time, a lot of people will see the three and a half as half of a seven. Seven is the number of perfection. Three and a half breaks the seven. And by breaking the seven and a half, it prevents the seven from being complete. We're told that the kingdom of evil, the Antichrist, is given reign over the saints of God, but Jesus says if that time wasn't cut short, nobody would have survived. So some, some see this as just a limiting, a cutting short, not a complete seven. But the court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of, of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Their kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey them. Here's the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. In other words, 
Daniel didn't go skipping down the Babylonian lane singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Daniel was deeply disturbed. He was shown what the things that he was shown and he was rocked to his core because he saw, remember he's in his 80s, his life is almost over, but he saw the people of God being martyred and abused and persecuted and he saw the kingdom of evil prevailing for a time and a time and a time, and he saw the horns rise and rise and rise, and then he saw the little, and he heard the pompous words, and it grieved him. He was grieved by the progress of the kingdom of evil up until the point that the kingdom of God will overthrow it. And that's, that's frankly how we feel about what God tells us is to come. Without knowing the details and knowing what they all mean, we can read our Bibles and understand that God is telling us clearly the kingdom of evil will progress and will progress and it will strengthen and it will strengthen and it will get bolder and bolder and bolder until the Son of Man comes. Now, the coming of the Son of Man gives us great joy. But at the same time, just like Daniel, our hearts are grieved. Because if you love Jesus, then you do not like seeing the kingdom of evil Succeed in any small way. So Daniel's heart is akin to ours. Now next week we're going to return and we really want to dig into this heavenly aspect of the vision. We're going to talk about the Son of Man and why the Son of Man is the preeminent title of Jesus. It was by far His favorite way to refer to Himself as the Son of Man. So we'll talk about all that, that next week. But just to kind of conclude for this week, I put here on the back of your notes just six observations or six conclusions, I think, that we should draw from this aspect of the prophecy. Number one, all of the kingdoms of this world are temporary, including ours. The kingdom of America, again, thank God that we have lived in a kingdom that has afforded more grace and more mercy than almost any other. But we still live under a beast. God still looks at America and He still sees a beast And he says, this too will end. This is not eternal. The kingdom of America is not the kingdom of God. Praise God for the graces that we are afforded here. But the kingdom of America is not the kingdom of God. Citizens of heaven know where their true loyalty lies. I don't say that to be unpatriotic at all. I say that to be biblical. We know where our true citizenship is. Number two, all the kingdoms of this world will always wage war to varying degrees against the kingdom of God. We live under a beast. We live under a horn. And though there may be many laws put in place that help protect the innocent, nevertheless, the kingdoms of man will always, ultimately, at the end of the day, always oppose the kingdom of God. Number three, the war against, sorry, the war against the saints We'll have periods of greater and lesser intensity, but the overall trajectory is worsening and will continue to worsen until the return of the Son of Man. Don't you just feel encouraged and happy after this message? (laughs) But this is what the Bible teaches us, that we are to expect the kingdom of evil to progress and to strengthen and for God to progressively allow 
more evil to manifest itself in society. Again, that doesn't mean that the human heart is any more evil than it's ever been. But it does mean that God will progressively allow that evil to exhibit itself in society up to the point that the Son of Man comes and puts an end to it. Number four, the Ancient of Days brings all of this about and He brings it to an end. And He does all of it according to His good plan. We're not God. And so we're very careful to refrain from declaring God unjust when He includes it in His plan to bring about these kingdoms. When He declares, this is my plan, I will stir the great sea. I will stir the sea of the Gentile nations and I will bring these beasts about and they will wreak havoc on my people. But I have a far greater plan that will come from that. He's God and we're not. He's wise and we are not. He sees all and we do not. He controls all and we do not. And He is perfect compassion and perfect love and we are not. Number five, the kingdom of the saints stands in contradiction in every way to the kingdoms of this world. Every single way. The kingdoms of the beasts get their power by violence. The kingdom of heaven is given to the Son of Man by violence being done to Him. The kingdom of the beasts is all temporary. It will all pass away. The kingdom of the Son of Man will last forever. The kingdom of the beasts is one that does wickedness and unrighteousness and declares pompous, arrogant things against the Most High. The kingdom of the Son of Man is the one who does perfect good and declares the Maker to be just and to be righteous. In every way, the kingdom of the Son of Man contradicts the kingdoms of this world. And then lastly, number six, this world is made better by our presence and by our service. Babylon was a better Babylon because of Daniel. Persia was a better Persia because of Daniel. Now, it would have been really easy for Daniel, especially after receiving these visions, it would have been really easy for Daniel to sort of spiritually check out. I ain't doing nothing. These are the beasts. God showed me about these people. Or, or maybe to just do just enough and sort of sabotage the kingdom of evil. But Babylon was made better because Daniel served it so well. Persia was made better because Daniel served it so well. Daniel knew clearly where to draw the line. Daniel knew clearly that when the law of Babylon conflicts with the law of God, there's no question in his mind whose law he followed. But in all other areas, Daniel served Babylon as though he was serving the Lord. And because of it, Babylon was better. Now there are two ditches that we need to avoid when we think about how things play out in this world. One is to forget that we're, the king, we're citizens of another kingdom and to just plant roots here and this world is all there is. The other ditch is the opposite of that. To say, well, this world is all evil, run by evil people, God sees them as beasts, all this is going to be destroyed and burned up anyway. I'm just going to get my own and just keep to myself. Both of them are unbiblical. 
And both of them are beneath the servants of the Most High, whom Scripture tells us to serve as though we're serving the Lord. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Truth That Transforms with pastor and Bible teacher Jason Wilkerson. Truth That Transforms is the daily teaching broadcast of Disciples Fellowship Church. We invite you to visit our website where you will find more resources to help in your journey of discipleship. You can find us at www.disciplesfellowshipnc.com or connect with our Facebook page at Facebook slash Disciples Fellowship NC. Truth That Transforms exists to glorify Jesus Christ through the teaching of His sanctifying and disciple-making Word.